Welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Wisehead, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? Well, somebody's got their energy back yes. from them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yes. As the old song lyric goes. Yes, I'm doing all right. Awesome. Speaking of Nam, how was your Nam experience? Besides getting to hang with me for a few days, but how was it? Was it was more than pleasant. That's how I'll say it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I share your sentiment. It was fun. Not only did I get to hang with one of my best friends, I you, but it was nice. Saw a lot of faces that we usually just see at Nam and <laughs> it's get like to spend the some once time a year family reunion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Saw some old friends I hadn't seen since the dawn of time, I almost said, but it, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it as well. What was your thoughts? Anything leap out at you? Well, the size is on the way back. It's not near its full capacity of what apparently was about 120,000 attendees a few years back. But that being said, last year's was about 30,000 attendees, I believe, which is why it went so quick. We pretty much saw everything in a day last year. And yeah. this year it took a little over a day, like closer to two days to do everything we felt we needed. And apparently the number of attendees is upwards of a little over 70,000 this year, which isn't too bad. So it's growing its way back. It felt more complete. It I did. felt like than last couple of years. So there were a lot more people. It felt like it was busier. Even well, considering there was, some... there was double the amount of attendees, that would make sense. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Could have been my imagination, but I thought the organization, the way it was laid out, mm -hmm. was more thought out than it ever has been. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Get piss off a lot of drummers, but I didn't have to spend any time going through drum sections. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it seemed like all that kind of stuff was in a certain area. All the DJ stuff was in another, and then orchestral instruments, that kind of thing. It, it seemed like more thought had gone into where booths were placed. Not but a bad that thing. That could have been just, yeah, I thought that was very smart. That was at least my impression. I could be wrong, but it certainly seemed that way. Mm -hmm. It was also so, not quite as noisy as it normally is. Yes. Then again, no drums or cymbals <laughs> or everybody trying Custom out their testing, latest yeah. Neil Peart drum fills as you tend to do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, we also didn't spend a whole lot of time in the guitar area. There was a little bit of that, but it was also, you know, you hear everybody practicing their Gen, 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 riffs and playing all the notes that they know. And so that tends to get noisy. Sure. <laughs> what were the highlights for you? I think the very first thing that we saw was a particular highlight, to me anyway. Yeah. That was SSL announcing Thursday morning that the 360 system that they have for the UC1, the UF8, and the UF1 now can run third-party plugins on the UC1. That yeah. means you are not necessarily tied only to SSL's channel strips, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was one for me as well. That was like a ooh, hallelujah moment type of thing. Right. Because a lot of these third-party ones I'm talking about, the SSL channel strips from Waves, it could be Plugin Alliance, uh -huh. Slate, or what have you. UA. They are now in there. 
Mm-hmm. So you can you don't have to map anything. It's all done for you. And should you have something that is not in there natively at the moment, you can actually map it, which is something that I don't believe you could right off the bat. So that was a huge upgrade for me, and it certainly made that a lot more attractive because oh yeah, you were thinking about getting one, and I kind of cautioned you to say, like, ah, I'm not sure it can do what you want it to do. But it can but now. It can, it can now. <laughs> so the trigger yeah. will get pulled pretty soon, which is exciting. The other thing that they announced, and they didn't do it publicly per se, and I know they've actually said this, is that they're doing a pretty nice integration with Luna and Universal yes. Audio. So that also helps me as that has become my mixed platform of choice. Yes. That was really good news. And that's just saying they're not like – it's not necessarily – like right where they want it to be yet. But it's on the way. It's on the way. And as we were talking to them, they said that they could have announced something sort of half-assed right off the bat, but they didn't want to do that. They did want to do it right. They do it the SSL way. They make sure it works and then they release it. Yeah. And I mean, we got our hands on it. It feels really, really cool. And it looks really cool. And if you're getting into that workflow where you kind of working with the 360 environment that they have there. One benefit that, you know, we don't think about so much when we're working with DAWs is that we're looking at screens and kind of listening with our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. This will kind of take away from that should you choose to work that way. You're now turning knobs with your fingers and actually listening as opposed to looking at value readouts, right? Yes. So. I'm excited. That was a big one right off the bat, and that sort of set the bar, didn't it? sort of did. It was like, yay, yeah. NAM is back. That's how yeah. I looked at it. It was like, that's yeah, the that was NAM really cool. Of course. And of course, you saw the Lord Algae brothers at, at the SSL booth. So that's always fun uh-huh. doing what the Lord Algaes do. That was fun as well. What's another highlight for you? Something that Mike Green had mentioned to me before and showed me demos of which is the V-synth. It's like a vocal synth. Mm -hmm. But seeing that thing in person and actually playing with it, holy shit. That was another highlight for me. Mike had mentioned this to you before? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, he's kind of... Tied in. He kind of has it in with a lot of these developers, right? Because they they communicate and, and, and things. So, But that was really, really cool to me. One thing that... I appreciated from that was not just that it was like a really cool tool for writing and I think potentially for production music, that kind of thing, uh-huh. but the way that they have it set up so that they're actually compensating the vocalists that have done the voices for for the AI implementation. Right. And just to point out, you called it V-Synth and you said it's a vocal synthesizer thing. It is an AI generative vocal environment, so to speak, where you put in your melody line that you want. On each melody note, you give it the word you want it to sing, and then you can choose a voice. And mind you, you can try this out for free, but if you want to do anything where you export it and do it commercially, you have to pay a license. And I believe she said it was $90 per voice. Yes. Is that right? I think that was it, yeah. The thing that's really amazing about it, and I share your sentiment of like, this is a highlight, but at the same time, it's frighteningly fucking scary. (laughs) 
is the best way to say it. Yeah, because it, it's good. I mean, it's I, I, really fucking good. Because, you know, they had demo stations there that you could mess around with. And when I see something like that and I see the melody line that's written, just like you would in your normal sort of piano roll editor, mm-hmm. it was moving, I want to say, in like whole steps or whatever. So I'm thinking, okay, well, here's what it's good at, like these incremental, small incremental melodic leaps. So let's try to break it, right? Making it do things like where it's jumping fifths and things. But and you did sound, that. I saw you do it. You I, made I me did. listen to it. <laughs> because it still worked. It did. Yeah, that was kind of scary. And to think that they're saying that this is the engine is there. It, it is. I'm sure there's going to be slight updates and, and additions and things, but they will add more voices and stuff. I can see how this is going to be a really cool thing. There's I'm a horizon there, and it's frightening, and it's cool. That's the problem. Yeah, right. And the interesting thing, in addition to you trying to break it melodically speaking, I spent time modifying words and changing notes as well, and it's lightning fast. It, you type in the word you want it to sing and then hit play, and it's already there. <laughs> it's yeah. just like that. It's instantaneous. It's really fast. The other thing that is interesting about it is that if you don't like the particular way it's singing – you can hit a retake button and it will change the way the singer's voice sings the line, the words yeah, and like the melody. Yeah, like inflections and within, stuff. Yeah, different yeah. inflections and stuff. And that is beyond insane to me. Yeah. It's easy to hear this as possibly gimmicky, just, oh, that's a great toy. But thinking about what it sounds like right now, mm-hmm. yeah, as more voices get developed or submitted to it, I think it's going to be a really cool thing. Do I think that it's going to replace session singers and stuff? No, I don't think so, because there's still that human interaction that you want to do. But when you have things like you're writing for video games or commercials or production music in general, for the speed of it, it it sounds really, really good. Or even if it's just like you're writing for your own you know, amusement, and you want to hear if your vocal line is going to work or how it's going to sound. It's a great tool for that. Oh, yeah. It also so, sparked my mind is maybe I lend my voice. Yeah. And then I can use it for myself to stack my own harmonies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to sing it. Not that I I'm, couldn't sing it in the first place. It just would be fun to have to be additional vocals there that would be but I easy wonder, and quick. Because you had mentioned in the past when we talked about these like AI-generated voices, mm-hmm. how it would deal with – and this is actually a question we should have asked them – going beyond your natural range. Oh, I bet it could do it. Yeah. I bet it could do it. It might sound a little funny, but I bet it could do it. Yeah, but if you're stacking harmonies and you, you go up another whole step or a minor third beyond what you normally could, that could be Could a be cool useful. Thing. Could be very yeah. useful. To sound like the singer you are, that you are not capable of doing. (laughs) Yes. Right. That was another highlight for me. I'm like, that's cool. 
Yeah. That is, it's a really, really cool thing. There's two versions, right? There's a standalone and it can work in your DAW as well, I think. Yes. And you are free to be able to try it out. It is a requirement to pay the license in order to be able to export or something of that nature to actually export the audio with it, I think, is what she was saying. Yeah, it was impressive. I'm almost at a loss for words because I, I wasn't expecting it to sound that good. I wasn't either. And it was literally like listening to a person sing. Right. It and having scary. control over things like I would normally do in like Melodyne if it needed it to control vibrato and inflections and things like mm -hmm. that. That's still there. It's not. So it was very, very cool. What else? Well, your takeaways, what, what do you got? You, there was a bunch of stuff, but what would you like to bring up next here? Oic Sound has a new plugin that they've announced called Bloom. Yep, and of course, cool. for those who are not extremely good with their EQing, or if you're looking to have a nice, semi-simple way to modify something without getting super nutty with EQs, Bloom is probably the answer. And the reason for that is, is it's an adaptive tone shaper and it allows you to shape low, low mids, high mids and highs in a very pleasing way, I guess is the way of saying it. Because he played us several examples of what it could do and it's real time. So once you set this little curve or you try some of their preset curves, you let it play and bing, it's off to the races. And it was quite cool what it was doing. Yeah, it sounded very natural to me because it is essentially an intelligent dynamic EQ from what I gather. Shaping the tone, let's say that one of the examples that we, we were played was a piano. Mm -hmm. How obviously you can drastically change the timbre of the piano with this to make it sound more like a, a classical piano with a little bit more high end and, and much more pronounced as opposed to something that is sitting a little bit better in, in a pop or a rock track, perhaps. Sure. And it sounds really natural. It's not like, oh, I'm just carving off the high end because it is reacting to the source. It sounded really cool. As with, with all the, the Oak Sound stuff, it looks like it's a really, really cool tool moving forward. I haven't played with it myself, so I don't know, but the demos that we saw, I thought were real impressive. I concur. Now, there's somebody that you work for who is yes. doing videos at the show. What was that? Oh, it was Mike, Mike Green, uh, shooting some videos for Sunset Choir that is going to be out sooner rather than later. <laughs> and it's deep. It's really, really deep because I have some firsthand experience in seeing what it's going to be able to do. It's going to be fucking cool. I can't give you a date when it's going to be out, but it sounds awesome. And it's going to be really, really cool. So shout out to Mike and Realitone. That's a sunset choir that's going to come out. And it's, it, yeah, it, it sounds great. It's we were awesome. also milling about at the Realitone booth when you got a chance to meet one of your musical heroes. Who was that? Yes, I lost my shit there for a moment because <laughs> <laughs> I, I get to uh, meet Charlie Clouser, who has been a hero of mine since the Nine Inch Nails days, but for all his composing and stuff. And mm -hmm. that was a real highlight for me. The only thing that would have been cooler would have been a day earlier, or actually would have been my birthday. But um, <laughs> no, he was really, really cool. And just getting to chat with him for 
30 to 40 minutes, just coolest guy in the world, just telling stories. So that was a highlight for me. I'm like, it's not often that I get starstruck, but uh, that was one of those occasions where I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that was really cool. I mean, super cool guy. I mean, talk about stories and what he's been able to do in his career was awesome. So that was a huge highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll move on to that because I'll, I'll just end up sounding like a dork here. But that, that was really, really cool to, to me. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. Right. Exactly as advertised, right? If you ever hear him talk in an interview, that's the guy that you get. Like super generous with his time, down to earth, and yeah, just really cool guy. Speaking of cool guys, we also got to go on the uh, John Lennon bus. That yes, was we did. And you had done that before, but I hadn't been on it. That I've was... partied on that bus. <laughs> I can't think of a good joke for that. But yeah, that was really cool. I hadn't seen it. They had a um, 5.1 studio in there. Mm-hmm. It might be bigger than that now, but yes. Yeah, it was really, really cool just to be able to see that. And for those that don't know, the John Lennon bus is a mobile recording environment that is done by the John Lennon Foundation. Same people, I believe, that do the John Lennon songwriting contest. It is outfitted with Mac computers for recording. It has the SSL set up for doing the mixing. It has the speakers all around and a chair for the producer or the engineer that's sitting there with multi-screen setup. There is a vocal booth. There is a drum area. There's live instruments that you can do. It's all on the bus, and it's really quite cool. And they're yeah. super nice guys to boot. That was fun to see. I believe Stevie Wonder was there doing some stuff. He walked actually. by, yes. Right, yeah. So another name drop. Yay. <laughs> but, but no, it was cool. I mean, it was fun to see. Then also we got to talk to the good people at Radial. Yes, we did. They have a cool thing coming out now is that monitor controller. The nuance. nuance. Yes. Yeah. You're a multi-monitor kind of guy. I am. What did you think of that? It looked really nice. It looks very much like a radial product, which means that it's solid built metal and it's going to work like a charm, built like a tank, so to speak. The other thing that's been around for a little while that I didn't know that they had was the gold digger. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, another yeah. one that I want to pick up. So those two things, the nuance and the gold digger. The nuance is a monitor controller, so you can switch between monitors or turn your sub on and off and how much volume you want coming through and that kind of thing, mono a source out, whatever it is you want to do. Typical monitor controller, but built very nicely and solidly. Analog, Mm -hmm. so you're not going to get any kind of weird digital noising effects and all that kind of stuff. The Gold Digger, on the other hand, is a four-channel mic thing where you can instantly switch between mics very easily, which is great if you're doing a mic shootout (laughs) and you're trying to figure out what mic is going to sound good on a vocalist or maybe you've got multiple mics set up on an amplifier or on an instrument of some sort and you want to check out instantaneously between the mics that you have set up for a quote-unquote shootout, the Gold Digger is your go-to item in my mind. Now, that's been around for a little while, I think. I had not seen it before, but that is something I definitely want to grab. I hadn't seen that either, but it was one of those things that, that's cool. That's really useful, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, that was one that caught my eye as well. You went on and tried out the new, was it Moore? Moore? Moore or Moore. It's a company from either Korea or Taiwan or China. I don't know. 
where it comes from. They had a new multi-effects pedal meant for guitar players. It is called the GE-1000. What makes this kind of separate itself out is that inside of this multi-effects unit is the ability to choose an AI EQ. One of their nice people at the booth ran me through the runaround of how to actually make use of it in wearing the earphones and listening to him do his thing and punch all these buttons and watch what it does. You set up a guitar amp and a cabinet and whatever effects you want, and you can choose the order of them. Now, I don't know how many you can place in there because I could see there was like a little DSP meter in there. Depending on what you're choosing, it could affect with how many effects you could run at one given time. Then putting the AIEQ in there, you punch a button, you play your guitar, and you tell it what kind of setup you want this to sound like. So if you want it to sound like a vintage blues thing and you don't know how to get the EQ to make that happen on what you've chosen, you punch the button, you play a, a little bit until it's done listening to your playing, and then it comes up with an EQ curve and bingo, you're set. This isn't technically meant for people that uh, really know what they're doing, but it's really nice for those that don't, especially when it comes to EQ, which is probably a lot of guitar players, unfortunately. This thing will set up that EQ on that sound for you and get you that sound based on the products that you're sticking into the effects chain inside this multi-effects unit. And it was pretty nifty so, to watch. I didn't play with it, like I said, but does the EQ thing, where in the signal does that go? You can put it, it wherever like you want. He okay, had it, so you can he put it in different the... places when he was showing me. So it could be at the end of your chain. It could be right after the amp. It could be right after the cabinet, before the effects, whatever, where you wanted to stick it is up to you. Oh, okay. And it worked. So it's it sounds pretty, cool. pretty flexible. Yeah. It was very flexible. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. What else caught your eye or what else was your experience like at NAM this year? Anything well, you we did get up? a chance to have a little bit of a lunch chat with somebody we've had on the podcast, and that was Steve Womet. Yay, Steve. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was very nice. It was quite fun to just sit down and chat with him for a good half hour or so and yeah, learn about something that he, huh? I said great guy. Yes, super nice guy. He also told us about something that we hadn't seen up to that point, and that was a company making a theremin with a stylophone built into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really crazy. He's talking about how he immediately bought one because he wants to have something to make weird noises that nobody else has. Now, the stylophone, in case people don't know, is sort of like a droning noise thing. You set it to a pitch that you want, and then it just makes noise. Whereas the theremin portion now has this antenna that you can put up, and then you move your hands around it, and you can make noises like a theremin along with this droning noise that goes with it. So that was pretty interesting. And it's called a stylophone yeah. theremin. <laughs> yeah. Just simply no, the two cool. things that it is, that's what it is. So that yeah. My dad actually used to have one of those stylophones when I was growing up. Mm. It was essentially a little metal strip, looks like a piano, and you played it with a pen that had like a metal top on it that right. registered. And, of course, a young Chris, or just I just made noise with it, and it <laughs> sounded horrible. But you could do some really creative stuff with it. And now you get got a theremin on top of it, so how cool is that? Right. Pretty uh, fun. Yeah, really enjoyed by it. What did you think of King's X? We got to see King's X as yes. well. Yes. While we were heading off to dinner that evening – friend of mine texted me and said, hey, King's X is playing at the Anaheim Arena. And I'm thinking, where's the Anaheim Arena? But apparently that's where portions of the NAMM show used to be located. 
and most of the things that were in that arena were all the live sound reinforcement things and stage lights. Those people were located elsewhere now, and they left it wide open, and a company decided to put on a concert one of the nights, and that was yeah. King's X, who is one band that I've seen probably more than any other band on the planet. They put on a typical King's X show where they go out, they play, they perform, and you enjoy it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've seen them one time as a band. I've seen Doug in other band situations. Yeah, we, I mean, it was fun to see them again. I don't want to sound too negative. It was not the best night I've seen them. Let's put it that way. But mm -hmm. it was it was a free show, man. And, and I will say King they Tech's sounded much bad. better on the floor than they did yeah. up in the seats that we started in. That's not the problem with a band, though, right? So No, yeah. that was something entirely different. Good end to uh, a good evening uh, that day, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun show. Right. You have a little incident where I wouldn't even call it an incident. You had a moment at the Avid booth, and you may have stumped the chumps, so to speak. I did, yeah. And this was something that I'm relatively new to working with Pro Tools. But there's certain thing that I want to be able to do as I'm working right now doing what I do, editing samples and things. It turns out that Pro Tools might not be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds esoteric when I try to describe it. Bottom line is I thought, wait a moment, Abbott are here this year. I'm gonna go ask one of these people, surely there has to be a way to actually accomplish this. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't. They would say, now, full to their credit, the person I spoke to, she was super helpful and really went out of her way to try to solve this issue and show me how to do it. And she was stumped as well. And she goes, there has to be a way of doing this. She said, reach out to me after we get back. I want to get to the bottom of this. Mm -hmm. you know, Hopefully I guess, in yeah, a future I, episode, there'll be an answer. Yeah, I hope so. And if it can't, <laughs> it, it, it seems like a little bit of a glaring mission. That being said, I'm sure there's a way to do it. I have yet to meet anybody in person or via forums or whatever that have been able to tell me, no, this is how you do that. Right. Dummy, just hold down this key command or whatever. That was kind of fun. So I guess I kind of stumped Avid. Contrast to that, I do want to say I have had some issues with my Apogee and the tech support, and not only via online and stuff, they've been great, but also I, I went up to them at NAM uh -huh. and Apogee Tech Support have been really, really good. So I just want to kind of give them a shout out as well, as well as Rich from Salamony. Who gave us so a bit patient. of a PhD lesson on some things that you had asked about. <laughs> yeah. And so gracious with their time. Because, I mean, it's not really the time for tech support. They're there to sell and demo stuff, right? Uh -huh. But he was like, yeah, he put his hat on and just went nerd level on how to do stuff in uh, Melodyne. So that was really, really cool. The and another announcement that happened at NAM is AutoAlign 2.1 from SoundRadix as well. Yeah, which you is a plugin we well. were talking about last year about this time because it was pretty cool what it could do. What's the new update that I didn't get to see that? I think it's just less bugs. Maintenance update Maintenance bugs update and stuff that like just that. makes it better than what it was. Nothing yeah. new in terms of bells and whistles. Right. So what were your takeaways of this year's NAM? It seems as though 
the industry is making a bit of a comeback, which is nice. Now, some companies that were there weren't there showcasing anything. They just had their salespeople there and meeting booths. Some of those companies are rather large. There was not a giant amount of live performances per se, like there used to be a la 2020 before everything kind of shut down. But it's slowly making a comeback, which is nice. And I imagine in a couple more years, it will be back to that ginormous, you can't see everything in four years kind of thing and lots of live performances, which would be nice. Yeah. I had the same impression. It felt like it was growing. And I was surprised, to be honest, because it hasn't been a full calendar year since the last one. Right. Nine months, I so, believe. Just yeah. enough gestation. <laughs> right. But it was cool. There were still... Like you said, a couple of companies that are there strictly doing business stuff. Which right? was always the point of NAM from when I first right. started going. But yeah. it ballooned beyond that, of course. Right. To me, it was an enjoyable experience. We spent two days there. Mm -hmm. Two days felt enough. I bumped into a friend of mine who is a bass player who does a lot in like the, the rock and metal stuff. And he had certain engagements that he got to do when he was there performing at Boots and things like that. He told me, so yeah, it's bumping into so many people that it took four hours to get from point A to point B because you stand <laughs> and chat with everybody. Right. That's sort of part of the NAM, NAM experience. experience. Yeah. yeah, you meet somebody, say, oh my God, I haven't seen you since last year's NAM. What have you been up to type of mm -hmm. thing? That was nice. It seems like it's growing and, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I concur. Let's move on to our Friday Finds. Chris, what have you got this week? We've just talked about it for like the last half hour or so, right? But mm -hmm. I have to go with that V-Synth. The AI the, vocal plugin. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, It was really, really impressive. I can only think that with more and more voices being added, it's just going to add to its flexibility. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with that a lot more and, and see what I can do with it and hopefully break it. Yes. <laughs> what about you? I'm going with the SSL 360 update to include third-party plugins for the UC1. That was the thing holding me back, and now it's time to get on the phone and say, hey, I would like to buy your setup. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it looked cool. And, I mean, th those guys there as well are so nice. They always take time to, to chat with us. Yeah, that looked really, really cool, I think, as well. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list in order to be eligible for future giveaways, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this amazing podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the word NAM, and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Talk to you later, Jody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have an awesome day. Bye.